Grace, mercy, and peace be to you from God, our Father, and from our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. We spoke last week a little bit about how the Ten Commandments and the Creed and the Lord's Prayer all form a, a move that God makes to, to bring his promises from beyond our recognizing to being right here with us in his Son, Jesus Christ so that we can respond with this prayer, calling on God, not simply in the absoluteness beyond all reckoning of as God, but as our Father. And that having established his relationship with us in Christ and by the Holy Spirit's work to put his name on us in our baptisms, we belong to him. So no matter what your name may be, and you've all got different names, your real last name is Christian. Your real last name is to identify you as part of the family of God. So no matter what your first name is on your birth certificate, no matter what your middle or last names are on your birth certificate, your baptism has put another name on you, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. You are Christian. And so you are part of the family. You have an inheritance as part of the family. You have a relationship that God has established to make you brothers and sisters in Christ. One body in Christ, guided, kept, and filled with his spirit by that very baptism. And so, we have this beautiful access to God. Our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Well, that word Halloween is not one we use very often, except when we're thinking about the fact that Halloween has the same word in it too, hollow. And it's not hollow as in empty, it's hollow as in make holy. Make it be holy. Make it be completely free of all sin and separate from everything that would uh, make it worldly or even satanic. Make it to be perfect. Bring the name of God in such a way so that everything that is celebrated about God is exactly the way he would want it. Because think about what your name involves. Uh, there's a lot of metaphors that go along with this. If your name is dragged through the mud, what does that mean? Yeah, yeah. Something bad has happened that has brought shame on you, right? Or if your, your name is in lights, right? Then it's something to celebrate, right? If your name's in the program, maybe you're getting an award, right? So your name has a certain amount of a barometer as to whether or not you are in honor or whether or not you are in shame. When we pray, hallowed be thy name, we're praying that God's name would always be holy, always be in alignment with his will and always working its way out into the world through his word to bring honor and glory to God. Now, there's, there's two main ways that either that works well or doesn't work so well. 
And the first of all of those two ways is in the, the giving testimony of what God has said about himself. His own reputation transmitted by words. And those words get transmitted lots of different ways. On the one hand, they're written there for us in scripture to read. But there's also the words that I speak publicly and you speak publicly and privately together. That the words that we declare about God would be in line with what he has said about himself. That we would speak truthfully and honestly about who God is. And that has to do both with the fact that he is, for example, a triune God, that we're talking about Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, and, and the, the character of, of the, the triune God. But then also the fact that he is compassionate, that he is just, that he is loving, that he has done the work that he has said he has done, and that the entirety of his revelation in Scripture is true on its face that everything he has shared with us is exactly the way he has wanted it to be, that there is no lie there that would bring shame on God. And then there's the, the teaching that flows from that. So the words that, that we share about God, that they're all also in alignment with the truth that he has declared about himself. Even when even when it seems like our own experiences are fighting against those very words. That faith is clinging to God's promises, even when we don't see necessarily, or at least we can't even fathom in our own minds, how those promises are being worked out for us in the moment when we're praying or when we're experiencing it. That we affirm that God is good even when I'm still searching for what that goodness looks like in my day-to-day -day existence, my day-to-day -day life at the moment. So we transmit true teaching about God, drawn from his word and then communicated in our words. We do that on a regular basis as we have a whole host of opportunities even beyond Sunday morning to do that, whether it's Tuesday afternoon Bible class with Pastor Ben, or whether it's the Bible classes that I lead on Wednesday morning and, and other times during the week, and whether other lay teachers, Susan Rostad now is teaching on Thursday morning, and opportunities to, to have spiritual conversation both uh, over the phone and online, or even in text messages back and forth at two o'clock in the morning. Yes, that happens too on occasion. <laughs> As people want to hear and be reassured, and the question comes in lots of different ways, but that God has spoken the truth, and that God has done what he has claimed to have done. Are the loved ones that have died in the faith truly safe with the Lord? Yes, they are truly safe with the Lord. You don't have to worry about them. And they're, they're in no, no trouble, no concern. Or any other question that may come up. Will the dead really be raised? Yes. Yes, Jesus rose from the dead, and that's the first fruits of, of that promise being fulfilled. Does 
does my baptism still keep working day in and day out, even, even when I commit terrible sins? Yes. Yes, you cannot sin deeply enough or often enough to wipe away the word of God because it is the word of God. You can't do it. It's going to keep refreshing you. It's going to keep coming back to you. It's going to keep washing you. Your feet can never get dry. Your head can never be dried off. The promises of God are the glory and honor of God's name. These are the things that he's given us to hold on to. These are the things that he's asked us to, to put securely in our pockets as we go through this world and to rely on them that he is eternally with us now and forever. And that all the many ways that he's promised to be our God and Lord, that he has and will be faithful to those promises. His faithfulness, his compassion, his mercy, his grace, his joy in you, and the hope that he gives you, these all bring glory and honor to his reputation, to his name. And as those things are spoken and believed, God's name is hallowed. Now, on the contrary side, of course, if people lie about God, that brings shame on his name. And we pray in the prayer that God would preserve us from that as well. So if people would just say that God doesn't love you or that his love is contingent upon your performance rather than on Christ's performance, or if heaven is only for a certain number and you're not part of it, or if God has only loved some and not others. If we judge by our experience rather than by the word of the Lord itself, we can be led into all kinds of misrepresentations and even lies about God, which turn him into a monster. And that brings shame on his name. And in that way, God's name is not hallowed. You can see here also how this petition is bound up with the second commandment, just like the introduction is bound up with the first commandment. We had talked about how God had commanded that we would worship him alone, worship me and no other God. And so here we are in the prayer, coming to God our Father in the name of Jesus, in the power of the Holy Spirit, just as we ought to, in fulfillment of his command. Well, and the second commandment is like it. Remember how that one goes. My name, right? Right? You will honor my name, and you will not use it in vain or uselessly or without purpose, right? You shall honor the name of the Lord your God. The name of God now is on our lips in this prayer. And it's his word and concern, his character's reputation, that we are praying that we would be a part of upholding by honoring his word and announcing it in truth and purity, along with all the promises that he's provided to us. That exalts God's name. It gives honor and glory and keeps it holy among his people. But there is a second aspect of this as well. 
And this happens with respect to our lives. And Luther doesn't leave that out of the explanation as well. This is exactly the problem that is manifested in our Old Testament lesson today with Isaiah's experience. He had all kinds of people being happy to go to temple and to worship, but then they would go right out and do all kinds of more evil, multiplying evil upon evil, even as they were just getting out of church. Is it okay to hold a fast and then work evil on your neighbor? Wouldn't it be better? Wouldn't it be so much better if life and word, if hand and mouth were fully in alignment? And this continues to be our one of our great problems. We can know what's right. We can know it in our minds and we can know it in our hearts, but it's the, it's the doing. It's the performing of it, right? It's the righteousness of alignment from God to us from the inside all the way out to the benefit of our neighbor. And this is, this is a matter of prayer. This is a matter of, of asking that God would be the one in charge of that. Now, don't, don't take that lightly. You see, because what we're not praying is, God, get me to do stuff. What we're praying is, God, you do stuff. It's the resurrection of Jesus Christ. It's the Christ in, with, and under me that is going to do the stuff that pleases the Father. It's not going to be sinful John that does any good but it's going to be the resurrected, ascended, and living Christ in me by virtue of my baptism and fed by the Holy Spirit through his supper that is going to do all kinds of things. That's why it's a matter of prayer. It's not a prayer that says, Lord, stick your, uh, stick your goad into me even harder so that I get to work and slave away for you. No. Hallowed be your name is a prayer that God's work would be manifested in my life. That when the Lord calls to me with the voice of the poor, that I would readily respond with the action of Jesus. That the Christ in the voice and the Christ given to me would come together in service and love and suddenly feet are being walked. It's a marvelous thing for the body of Christ to be in action in that regard. Isaiah laments that the people of God have cut themselves off from fulfilling their mission, fulfilling the, the continuity of word and action together, that they were no longer living lives according to the word of God that they had received. They, they remembered about the sacrifices, but then there was all the words about justice as well in the writings of Moses. And, and that seemed to have gone by the wayside. And so also with the Sermon on the Mount, with our Lord's words as well. Blessed are you who are poor. Blessed are you who mourn. Blessed are you who are children of God, hungering and thirsting for righteousness, because you are going to be filled 
the light of God is in you. They will see your good works and give glory to, to you? Not at all. Not at all. And nor should we want it. That they may see your good works and glorify your Father who is in heaven. Right? You are the best testimony of the reputation of God for people who don't read the scriptures themselves. You are the best reputation, you are the best representation and witness to the reputation of God for people who don't hear words about God for themselves. All they know is Christians are out there either living or not living in accordance with the word of God. Our prayer, our prayer is that the Lord himself would take that action out of our hands and that he would do the work because that's the only way. Honestly, it's the only way it's going to get done. We are broken people just like everybody else out there. We have one benefit. It is our baptisms and it is the Lord's Supper and it is this word that works through us. It is the, the living Jesus who is going to do that work. If it's not going to be done by him, it's not going to be done at all. This prayer is a plea to the Father that his name on us, received in our baptism, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, would be a living and active name, and that the raised and ascended Lord Jesus Christ would work through his body in every single one of our lives to, to do the service that he has prepared for us to do. Not for our glory, but for the glory of the Father. Just like Jesus' ministry on the earth was for the glory of the Father from the beginning, so also you now, as part of this now, this body of Christ in the present, so that he can continue to have his name hallowed, manifested, glorified, given its due honor and glory because the church is being the church. What a thought. What a marvelous, marvelous thought. We know that we get in the way. We get in the way all the time. Letting... Letting this prayer be not only on our lips, but to be our, our ebb and flow, our in-breathing and, and exhaling. All of that life, we get in the way. And it's for all of those times that we get in the way. When we, when we close off the service that God would have for his people, the, the love that he would have, the compassion that he would have, for all of those times, we, we come and we say, I, yes, poor, miserable sinner, do it again. Start over, Father. Start over with me in the name of Jesus and let it be according to your will this week. Even where I got in the way last week, put that aside. Bury it under the cross as well. I repent. But now, but now feed and clothe and send me again with your name emblazoned on my forehead and ringing in my mind and my heart that I am yours and you are mine. And that all that is done, that is to your honor and glory, is done by you as a gift to this world once again. 
to give glory to our Father who is in heaven, that they may see the manifestation of his Son living and active in his body, the church. Hallowed be your name in word and in deed, because he would do the doing. Amen. The peace of God that passes all human understanding keep you in faith towards Christ Jesus, your Lord, now and always. Amen.